Amazon, first and foremost, is a data business. They're in the business of collecting as much information as possible about you and using that to sell you products. So as Amazon pushes into the healthcare industry, the fear is that they will use all that information for their own profit and not for patients' gain. Hey there, Pulse Check listeners. I'm Annie Reese. Hi, my name is Emily Birnbaum. I cover tech lobbying and influence at Politico. When I think of Amazon, I think about buying things that I don't really need on Prime, but I don't think healthcare. But actually, Amazon has been pushing into the healthcare space for years. So today, Emily Birnbaum brings me up to speed on their efforts and why Amazon sees telehealth data as its next gold rush. Yeah, I mean, it's very clear in all of its business maneuvers that Amazon sees health, specifically telehealth, as their future market to dominate. Amazon has made a number of investments in healthcare across a range of like parts of the industry in recent years. So they um, recently entered into a partnership with Teladoc. So basically, you can access telehealth services through your Alexa device. They've created a wearable health device called Halo. They have bought a pharmacy service uh, company uh, through its acquisition of PillPack. And right now it's um, investing heavily in telehealth. And, uh, you know, an executive uh, was recently reportedly said, like, this is the future of our company. This is what you're going to see for the next five to 10 years. So what is going on in healthcare that a company like Amazon is investing so heavily? Like, what do they think is missing or what they can offer or what their just goal is? So I guess you could say that the COVID-19 pandemic accelerated a trend that was already sweeping across the country, which is the move to um, telehealth. So, you know, there are a lot of benefits to being able to have an appointment with your doctor right in your home to, you know, being able to communicate through voice, video, um, and get the care you need without leaving. Um, And obviously, during COVID, those structures kind of were put in place uh, hastily, and lots of companies threw tons and tons of money into the space saying, hey, we're going to be the ones to make this a good process. So, The telehealth industry, by some estimates, could grow to a $20 billion sector over the next five years. So it's kind of a gold rush. And Amazon, as always, wants to be at the forefront of that. You know, Amazon in general, its approach to new markets is how can we own basically every single node in this market? So like, if there's a seller on Amazon, how can we dominate in logistics, in shipping, um, in selling, you know, and uh, that's basically the approach they're going to be taking with healthcare. So what are the concerns here by privacy and antitrust advocates? There are really big policy implications to Amazon's push into healthcare. So for um, privacy activists, Amazon has a history of using its enormous reams of data on people for unseemly purposes. So there's currently this big blow up in Congress over whether Amazon uses the data it collects from its sellers in order to create 
its own products that it sells on Amazon. So think like, oh, you know, if a seller creates a charger that's really popular on Amazon, then Amazon can just copy them, sell it at a discounted price and make a lot of money. So there, Amazon in general has this long standing history of privacy violations. So privacy activists are saying, well, like health data is the most sensitive data of all. We have some laws protecting it like HIPAA, but those are quite outdated and they're mired in a lot of congressional um, fights. You know, no one really knows how to move forward on them. So Amazon pushing into this space means that, you know, the data it collects through some of its telehealth endeavors is probably going to be used in other ways. And that's a concern. And then um, when it comes to antitrust, Amazon historically is able to push into new markets because it has made so much money through other arms of the company. So, you know, for instance, it's going to be able to use the money that it's made through its dominant cloud computing arm and through its e-commerce site to, you know, try out a lot of things in the healthcare space that other companies wouldn't be able to. You know, they can just throw a ton of money at it. They can lose it. They're investments don't have to always pan out because they have so much, as one activist put it to me, gravy that they're able to (laughs) pull from. So antitrust activists say this could be a potential uh, violation because they are using their dominance in one sector of the economy to become dominant in another, which in some ways can become uh, an antitrust violation. It could indicate that there's unhealthy concentration in the economy. And so what would Amazon say? They'd say, hey, this is a sector that's been broken and we're trying to make it better. Yeah, they say, you know, we're the innovators. We have so much money to invest in like people first kind of services. Like Amazon's whole thing is like obsession with the customer. Um, And so, Mm -hmm. you know, basically we're going to be able to build things that customers want. We're going to be able to do it. Um, in a more technologically savvy way than any of these other non-traditional healthcare businesses trying to get in here. Um, And we can do it faster as well. Mm. And you mentioned telehealth and Alexa devices. I feel like that's such an interesting and kind of complicated node of this because, you know, part of Amazon's plan is that you can use Teladoc on Alexa. On the one hand, as you said, the concern over these companies having too much data, like Google, Facebook as well, like that's nothing new. But the fact that it brings up a whole host of possible HIPAA privacy concerns feels like a little bit different. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Like HIPAA is best at protecting the health information of patients, um, you know, saying that their providers cannot share it without their consent. Um, But when you get into like Alexa, collecting the data that people are sharing willingly, you get into some really tricky territory. You know, Amazon told me that they can't access, record or store the content of your conversations with Teladoc and only logs that the call took place, not what health information was discussed. Um, They say any of your health information will be handled according to HIPAA, according to its privacy practice, according to Teladoc's privacy practices. But that doesn't, there there are loopholes in that. You know, if Alexa is logging that a call took place, at the very least, they know that you're seeking medical attention. Um, And so a, a lot of this really comes down to what Amazon wants to put in its terms and services, which is always kind of a dicey place to be when it comes to protecting privacy. You know, like a lot of activists would prefer that there be federal laws requiring more protection. Mm hmm. 
one of the things you wrote that was really interesting to me is that there's been an expansion of businesses that are not traditionally part of the healthcare space move into virtual care, including Verizon, Dollar General, Best Buy. Is that just because, you know, this telehealth industry could become a $20 billion sector or, or why is that? I mean, I think it largely is because of that. There's actually an outstanding question among experts whether this acceleration into telehealth will sustain beyond the pandemic. Like, are we over-exaggerating how useful this is to people? You know, are we assuming people are always going to want to talk to their doctors remotely? What about face-to-face? Um, uh, that's brings its own kind of value. And there's a lot of things that cannot be done unless you are in a doctor's office. Um, but I, I think that a lot of companies are making the bet that, yes, healthcare industry is changing and they want to be the ones to change it. And, and you know, it's an industry that has a lot of antiquated things about it, like hospitals and even private practices. They struggle to communicate with their patients. They struggle to, you know, create online portals that work. I'm sure many people <laughs> know all about yeah. that. So, um, it's like an industry that is ready for change and all these various companies are saying, well, OK, we can be the ones to do it. Plus, I feel like, you know, Amazon's also famous for taking its own cost centers and turning them into these kind of profitable business units. And we know that healthcare is a huge business expense and maybe a, an area where they feel like they can bring down cost for themselves even. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for instance, it's um, telehealth services called Amazon Care. It launched with a pilot program last year. They recently said they're expanding it nationwide. For the most part right now, it's only offered to employers. It's basically like a telehealth service. They're partnering with a private practice to, um, you know, get people in touch with their doctors. And one of the companies that has, you know, access to Amazon Care right now is Whole Foods, which obviously is owned by Amazon. Um, so mm -hmm. like you can see that they're starting, uh, you know, inside the family and then moving out to see if this could become more popular uh, for employers across the country. There's an antitrust bill that's been hanging out in Congress going after digital platforms like Amazon and Google, and that's about favoring their own products over competitors. I know that's not directly related to the health moves that we've been talking about today, but where is antitrust legislation at in Congress right now? Together, all the antitrust proposals on the table in Congress would make it harder for companies to do things like use their leverage to dominate in new markets and, and things like that. But the legislation that's under consideration in Congress actually doesn't go as far as saying, if you are dominant in one area, you can't use that to uh, push into a new one. It is um, a little bit more nuanced and uh, lighter touch than that. So a couple people I talked to have said, you know, this is why we, we really need, like they call it colloquially, like a breakup spill. Like we need structural separation in order to address the problem that we're talking about with um, Amazon. It's pushing to healthcare. Mm -hmm. There's antitrust legislation that really has potential to move in both the House and the Senate and the DOJ's endorsement last week was a huge boost for that. Today, there's a big, quote unquote, antitrust day of action where a lot of activists are flooding lawmakers saying, we want this legislation, you know, this will be good for the economy, this will create a more equal system. Um, but, you know, like we're kind of running out of time ahead of the midterms. And um, we haven't heard anything definitive from Pelosi or Schumer about putting the bills on the floor. 
So what do you think is most interesting about this or what are you going to be really following on this in the next few weeks and months? One thing that I think is really interesting, like we're talking about what could be, but right now Amazon has got a pretty small sliver of this industry. Hmm. You know, it acquired PillPack, which is pharmacy services, you know, delivering medication to your door. And they're just a small player in that market. You know, they haven't made significant inroads yet. Halo, their wearable health device, it's not the dominant health device uh, in the country or in the world. So I think what I'm going to be watching is the small ways that Amazon is getting more and more serious. Like I think over the past couple of years, sort of been like a steady drip drip. Um, but now like, can Amazon actually leverage its power to become the player in healthcare? Like a lot of people who are native to the healthcare industry, who spent a lot of time thinking about um, how businesses in that space operate, say they really don't know if Amazon could even achieve those goals, but not to underestimate them. All right, that's our show for this week. I'm Annie Reese, and a big thank you to Emily Birnbaum from our tech team for joining me. Pulse Check's senior editor is Raghum Anavalan, and our executive producer is Jenny Ament. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you again next week.